And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. Feels like, feels like. Mm. You, you had a trumpet on that? My man, fifteen hundred and nothing came through with the trumpet and the keys. Like when you hear that sound, like something regal taking place, something at a castle. Anytime Jay Z got trumpets on the beat, it's luxury. <laughs> that luxury talk, baby. That's you know it's just high, highly sophisticated. Man, how you feeling, King? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I remember you hit. I was at a dinner and you hit me like, "Yo, the verse drop." I was driving back home from Jersey, speeding, playing this. Just on rewind, keep playing Nip first, keep playing J first. Right, right. It's a, it's a good feeling, man. It's a good feeling. I had a feeling it wouldn't disappoint. The first time I, I even knew it was um, in the making, or it was not even in the making, because actually it's been in the making for some while, 1500 or nothing the producer was saying, was when Lauren London posted the track listing for the soundtrack for Judas is the Black Messiah. And I was like, oh, Nip and Hove. That's. I, I, I had a feeling it, it couldn't disappoint. Them two together, like, it had to be special. And it is. And it is. Absolutely. Anytime, Jake, well, you know what? I'll save that tape for Yeah, we're we, we going we gonna to break that Absolutely. down, y'all. We're going to break. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're going to break that down. Um, how you feeling, though? Uh, mental health check-in. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, bro. Uh, and I guess I can announce this to people because it's going to be officially right now in the morning. I decided to take the nursing chair position at my university that I teach for. Congrats, congrats, congrats. Big congrats. Absolutely, uh, and you know that's the it's the highest ranking faculty position uh, within the nursing department. Yeah, fire, for, bro. First time a black man has had this high position within fire. the nursing department. Okay, uh, but more importantly for me, I really did it just because I felt like it was going to boost the morale of the rest of the faculty. And we had a point where we could either grow and be great, or we can be bad. Mm -hmm. Like those are the two options. Mm -hmm. There's no in between. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you know we needed to we needed it to be done. Also wanted to just protect the people that are around that's around you right leaving a lot of my staff so i felt it was important to protect them other than that uh also still coming off of not this past weekend the weekend before that my cousins got together right um, makes, yep. majority of the ones who went to atlanta together like we like we've been spending holidays together more and more uh but i also got to see another set of my cousins and for my god sister book it was her first time getting to see the cousins really since this quarantine thing began nice. to an extent. Nice. So it was, it was amazing. Like, we had an amazing time seeing my nephews, my sister, my cousins. It was just great, bro. Uh, I live for moments like that. You know, like, we look around sometimes and we see how much that it's missing because we were those little kids before running around and you had the aunts and uncles, yep. you know, running around and watching you. And, now we're that, and we don't have those aunts and uncles. Right, and right. We're trying to figure out a way. You're to trying to you're trying to become that ultimately. Yeah. You're trying to graduate into that that space of where they were. Absolutely. You know. That's so when you got that on your mind, uh, taking this new position, it's it's just it's great. You know, like I'm in a good space. I feel good about the decision. It was something I worried about. You know, so yo, bro, it was, it was great, man. That's dope. And let me ask you, John. I mean, I'll ask you right on the podcast. Is that where you see the trajectory of your career headed? Like, you think you might want to focus on this juncture of education and nursing as opposed to necessarily like, being directly in the hospital or like more so on the educational side? So it's honestly, when you say that, I, I think about this part of power. When mm -hmm. somebody asks ghost about like, what's his secret? And he's like, there's no one thing about me because I'm just no one thing. 
mm. and I realized that I'm just not one thing. Meaning, right, right. Some people are great at just one thing, right? Some people are great academics. Some people are great practitioners. Mm. Some people are great politicians. Care, right? yeah, yeah. And I've I've been given this gift by God where like I'm great at multiple things, right. but also I get a lot of gratification out of multiple things. Mm. I think if I had the most ideal job, it would be somebody who's like you go to in the community that can put on programs to reach the community to build sustainable Different health related times. And my brother, you gonna get there. I believe it. <laughs> and I believe it. But, but, I, no. but I think a lot of what I'm doing plays into that. You gotta, yeah, yeah. You gotta be academic and be able to educate people. That's true. Mm-hmm. You gotta be great with patients and being able to... The actual hands-on care aspect too, yeah. You also gotta be great at being able to bring people together and you gotta be great at leading people. So no. I feel like to a large extent, this is all going to turn out to be great experience that I'm get for the overall thing. Right. Amazing, bro. It's amazing. That's, That's what's up, man. Bro. I'm feeling great, King. I'm feeling great. Uh, still still doing this uh, cleanse that I have going. Okay. So my birthday, April 1st. Um, so it's very low sugar, um, low carbs, uh, no alcohol. That was a little bit of the good red wine, of course, for Valentine's Day. Had it's to. It's healthy for had the heart, to. King. You know, it's healthy for the heart. <laughs> had to. Um, and that went well, man. Shout out to the lady. Did it up very nice. Uh, took me to um, Ocean Prime. Had a very good steak. Uh, very nice ambiance there, too, considering the fact that New York City indoor dining just opened back up. So it was cool again to walk into a restaurant, sit down and eat. And we have a few more activities we're going to do, spa and another thing later this week. That I didn't want to do, we didn't want to do everything on Valentine's Day because it was hectic. Everybody out Valentine's. And plus, a lot of places just opened back up. But uh, that was a great vibe. Uh, we caught a lot of good content over the past week, I would say, also. Uh, NPR Tiny Desk have been doing these really cool live concerts for Black History Month. They're doing like three a week. Every every day, uh, they're going to do like a, a new episode. So first, they started with jazz one week. Last week was R&B. This week's hip-hop, different types of black music. But they're like live performances. So that's been cool. Been catching that. We're going to break this down later in the pod with Judas and the Black Messiah. We saw that. That was me. And I, I, you know, I'm kind of glad I set up the living room in a new spot the way I did with the sound bar and the, the TV. Um, I remember I was even talking to you and I was like, yo, like, should I go like 70, 75? That might be too big. Like, maybe I should just go 50 something. He was like, yo, bro, if you're going to spend a lot of time, like, get a, get a big TV. <laughs> like, and yeah. with quarantine and all of that, like, it's helped because, uh, you know, we. I don't know if we spoke about it in the pod, I'm not sure, but a lot of major releases, um, they're they're going to be in theaters, you know, some places, Texas, Florida, Georgia, where, where theaters are open, but a lot of major releases this year in 2021 are also going to be through either HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Netflix, whatever, but the movie productions have signed deals to distribute through these platforms, these premium platforms, so they could still reach a lot of viewers, you know, because the reality is... Even though it's picking back up in, 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 in the right direction, people ain't really going to be in a movie theater like that till next year. So, um, you know, there's Judas the Black Messiah. There's more stuff coming through the pipeline. I'm like, I'm nice. I got glad I got a nice little theater vibe in the crib because that's really where we're going to see a lot of good movies. I took that in. Another one we're going to break down. Took in Malcolm and Marie together. So, seeing a lot of good content, um, you know, leading up to the, this weekend, enjoying a nice three-day weekend feeling good as i mentioned with the cleanse going on and keeping the keeping the workout routine going all the way till april so all around the mental mental's in a real good place uh last week my mom uh my girlfriend my sister we uh went out to pop's grave site um that was dope spent the day with them um got a really nice i can't i think it should be done in like march 
uh, with the headstones almost done. That's that's gonna that's gonna be there. But it's more of like um, one of the standing ones. It's yeah. not like one that goes like flat into the ground. So it just took some time designing it and getting ready. But it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful when it's there. So that'll definitely be there before Father's Day and before his birthday. But that was dope. So yeah, we was there uh, last week. And I'd say yeah, all in all, man, um, January kind of zoomed by though. Cause January sometimes one of those months where it, it lags, but you know we already in mid February. So far, knock on wood, twenty twenty one seems solid. You know, <laughs> seems solid. Cause last year this time everything seems solid for the most part, and then it's right around here where it started getting dicey. But all in all, the mental's good, brother. All in all, the mental's good. Feel good. Good, good, man. That's good to hear, man. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, I know the first year without pops is is hard. It was tough, you know. Um, but it's it's also one of those, it's a blessing when family comes together and they keep staying together. I'm happy you checking up on moms. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know she wanted to rock to the family, so that's good, brother. For sure, thank that's you. Good, that's good, Thank you. All right, let's, let's, let's get rolling, man. We're going to start. It's Black History Month. That it is. You know, we have... Biggie Black. Black, Black. <laughs> you know that saying that I'm Black every day, every month. 365, boy. On February, I'm Black and be Black, Black, Black. Right. You know, um... And there's always a lot of controversy about Black History Month, mm. right? You get some people, and let's say, like, one of the, the gov- I think it's governor candidates in Michigan. It is governor candidates. Black man saying that if he's elected governor, he would take away Black History Month because it's illegal, uh, unconstitutional, and I forgot what was the other dumb word that he used. You know, you get a lot of people that say, oh, I don't want to celebrate Black History Month during February because we're black every month, or why do you have to do it in the shortest month? It's a, it's a bunch of things, right? People who just, they don't know the history of Carter G. Woodson applying for this week to be recognized and how long it took, right? And I think it's just one of those where it's good to celebrate a culture. You know, there's, there's months for a bunch of things that matter. Right. You know, you have Latino month, which is mid-September to mid-October, right? But you'll never hear Latins run around saying, why are we only celebrating our history during one month? It's a bunch of different things. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. Right. And I feel like this is a month where the entire America stops to recognize black history. Don't get me wrong. Our history is American history, so it should be spread throughout the entire year. Right. I absolutely know that. But this month should be one of those months where you're teaching about a bunch of different things. And you're also teaching, them, you're digging into things that people don't always know. Like I know one of the things that my Black Nursing Association chapter has been doing is nurses that you should know are people who were nurses that you wouldn't necessarily know. Like Sojourner Truth and Harriet Tubman, like how they were nurses, right? And just picking up different people and highlighting. But then also, when you start digging enough, you start getting to people that you know, that's your mentors. Because people also start saying, we should be celebrating you. And Black History Month can be one of those springboards for people of saying, let's recognize this person that you wouldn't normally recognize, but you got to pay attention because it's Black History Month. Right. And maybe that can continue throughout the year, throughout the lifetime. You know, I think, I think it's very layered. So one, um, I'm, not, I'm not even familiar with the, the, the politician's name, but... Um, there's another guy too. I think he used to play football for a little bit. And um, our profile, Hakeem Jeffries, who's a congressman for New York, had some words for him. It was shown on CNN. Um, another is a black Republican. I think he's from the state of Utah, is he? Um, but you, you could tell he's one of those guys, you know, he played in the NFL for a while. 
retire, probably link up with some big uh, multi-billionaire businessman and, hey, man, America did good for him. And, you know, like Ali said, I got me a white wife, nice house, nice car, and all my people's catching hell, but I'm not really worried about that. So there's, a, there's another GOP guy like that. Um, and, you know, not even make it political. Honestly, most brothers I've tend to realize who are GOP tend to kind of have that similar ideology. So I'm not surprised. But with this particular guy saying that, it's interesting. So first I'll start with frustration about Black History Month being one month or being the shortest month. And I, I, I understand that. Um, I personally feel like it varies to people. So people like you and I. I think we are engaged and we highlight and we share and indulge in black history and have a, a, a thirst for black history 365. It's, it's not just in, in, in February. But I do also understand that um, everybody might not be of that mindset. Um, the thing is, in reality, black history is American history. Uh, a lot of the groups that you mentioned um, are very important also, but when you think of American history. You think of the natives that was here. Shortly after the first European settlers got here, we were here, right? 1500s, everybody, you know, uh, then 1619, but I think we were first brought to Jamestown in like the late 1500s. So our, 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 our stamp here goes back pretty much to the, the whole founding of the nation leading up to the early colonial era, leading up to 1776, and then Black history is American history, and I think the biggest problem is that um, history, because we were enslaved and oppressed for so long, history has not included, um, American history particularly, has not included a lot of our achievements and how we played a, a, a pivotal role in the founding of this nation. I don't think, and I'm not even talking slavery, like that's because, I, I, there's a quote that I had seen one time where it's like, Sometimes I'm kind of at a point where I'm, I get a little frustrated with like slave movies and slave things of that nature. Only sense that, uh, and I was learning about this thing of using the term enslaved people as opposed to slavery or slaves. In the sense that, no, it was something that happened to us. We were enslaved. We weren't just slaves. Because um, the quote basically said that slavery interrupted black history. It's not black history. Meaning that we had history going on for thousands of years. And you have, you know, Mansa Moose and all that's going on in Mali, Timbuktu, this, that, the different kingdoms, the homie, this, this, that. Then we have interaction with the Portuguese and the different European colonies. And then the slave trade picks up. Now you have this large interruption in black history where, you know, and we had scholars and we were, you know, exploring and this, this, that. And then slavery kind of put an interruption in that. But then it continued in the diaspora, despite slavery, in the Caribbean and in in uh in the united states and in south america as well so it's almost kind of like even like in school right when they'll teach you and they'll, they'll talk about slavery for a bit and they'll kind of fast forward to martin luther king some of us like our history doesn't start there like that's not the start of black history on this planet it might be the start of our history of how we got to the americas but it's just this whole idea of like man black history is so much bigger than slavery particularly but if we're going to talk specifically for america um i think a little bit extra has to be done to show that despite being enslaved, we still invented so many things because it made, and a lot of our inventions, whether you're talking about actual physical inventions or even things in our culture, came out of necessity. Things that John Deere ended up getting the patent for, this, that. Slaves were creating these tools because 
slaves were creating these tools because it, it would make their 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 life in the fields easier. Um, so I think it's important that because our history has been so silenced, a lot of us don't even know. You know, even to this day, at least every year, it's particularly I, I learn stuff all the time. But particularly in February, where it's highlighted, I learn stuff like, oh wow, I didn't know a black person was behind that, or a black person did that, or you know, this person was the first black. You know, because this thing, this this history, it's not highlighted in regular history. And um, I, I saw that in Utah, they gave parents the option to opt in or out if they want their child to learn it. And just that whole idea of like, why would you want to opt out? Like the whole reason why this history is needed is because it's not a part of the fundamental way American history is taught. You don't just, you don't, it's not in the regular textbooks. You don't learn these things. So pretty much you opting out basically just tells me you like history the way it is. It's cool with you. And anything that challenges that, you would rather pass on that. You know, you, I, I would rather skip anything that's, that varies from the traditional way I've learned it. That's pretty much what, what that shows. So, listen, I think it's very important that black folks, um, you know, that term, stay woke, 365. There's so much we can learn all the time. Stay fully engaged. But I have no issue where a month, with, with a particular month, and even if even if people, you know, oftentimes like, they don't keep that energy. And even if these corporations and these TV stations don't keep that energy, I have no issue that at least one month out of the year, give a little extra highlight and put a little extra effort into our particular history and culture because it's not done 365. But we as black people will continue to do the work of highlighting and bigging up our culture. And, and you're seeing it more and more. I don't uh, I don't have an issue with that per se. You know what's crazy? Now, I, I, what I was thinking as you were talking, the way some of the events have been lining up, it's almost to keep the Black History conversation going. And by that, I mean, you had George Floyd, who was in May. And when people thought that they wanted to stop talking about things, Juneteenth came up. And then we started talking about Juneteenth some more, right? Uh, and then you had basketball come back and talk about, and Black athletes and being Black stars and talking about it. So corporations, America had to keep talking about black stuff. And then elections was around the corner. And we knew that one of the biggest things was the black vote. So then you had the black vote. You had to keep talking about it. And then you had the insurrection, which for most part was a bunch of white people, not all. I understand there was some irresponsible black folks. Right. There are some people, people who just had different right. experiences than me as black folks. Right? But a lot of that was about people who were mad that they couldn't enslave people, mm -hmm. right? Or people who were mad who believed in Confederate um, parts of it. Right? And, and, and you know what, bro? When we get to uh, breaking down Judas and the Black Messiah, a lot of this is going to tie in. So save save some of those save, save some of those gems for that part. No, I was just saying this. It's interesting because you had all of that. Yeah. And then when you thought the insurrection was going to die down somewhat, right. boom, Black History Month. We got 28 days straight of talking about black stuff. Nah, so I was absolutely. just thinking about that. Some of that is just interesting. It's interesting what's going to happen over March and April to talk about it mm -hmm. because come May, everybody's going to talk about the one year anniversary of George Floyd. Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. have we done? What's the measurements? Where are we that. since then? But I mean, if you want, let's... Uh, let's well, real quick, you know, you know who's done a real good job? I mean, we've both been tapped in. Um, shout out to Amber Ruffin. Oh, I love her. Her show that's um, streaming on Peacock only, but you know... I always enjoy that kind of political or current events critique, that kind of satire, comical critique. But, um, you know, 
both of us, we, we both admire the way that she's been discussing black history or things related to current events. You know, through that kind of, kind of like how Trevor Noah does it too, that through that kind of comical satire lens, but still giving you a lot of knowledge on, on, on the same token. And it's, uh, you know, we've seen a couple brothers do it before. Trevor Noah is probably the big one doing it right now, but it's dope to see a black woman doing, doing it. Um, you know, wish the most a lot of success on this on the on the, the platform she's on. Yeah, I mean, you put me onto her because uh, mm -hmm. that was the first time I heard of her, and then I asked Books about her, and Books told me she used to write for somehow she used to be a writer on one of the yeah, other yeah. shows. I forgot, but that that is her background. Yep, and that's how she really got onto it. It was like, you know what, you write all this good content, you might as well speak it. And I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, brother, let's get let's like, get into some of this. Yeah, there's been a lot of good content, man. A lot mm -hmm. of good content lately. So let's let's uh let's go through them. What do you, you want to start with? Malcolm Murray or Judas? Look, let's let's, let's 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 keep the heavy. Let's let's go through first because now you know Judas. There's, there's a lot to say with that. Right, so so uh, Malcolm Murray, right? So <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I don't know, but I, I'll let you start it off with that. I'll let you start this one off. Um, I feel like, first of all, let me say this. It was a good movie, right? Okay. And okay. I'm also going to say, because part of the context and what they were talking about and Malcolm Murray and just everybody, just so you know, we have a black woman here, so we're going to bring her on to talk about it as well, because we're not going to just dig out the relationship or yeah, yeah. trope. Yep, without, yep. without the voice of a black woman. I know she don't represent all black women, but we want a voice of a black woman. So I think some of the stuff that he was arguing about in Malcolm Marie in terms of his problems with the white reporter critic from the LA Times yep. of just judge his movie as being a movie and not being nothing racial. Right, right. Right. So as a black movie. I, because he was saying that over and over, I didn't watch that through a racial lens. I just watched it through a relationship. Yeah, that lens. okay. Yep. Right. So I think it was toxic. Agreed. Um, I think it was a lot. Like I I get their relationship, you know, because for the for the most part, a lot of us when we were younger has been through that in some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people like to be loved like that to some way, shape, or form. And as I looked at it, though, the only thing I could kept saying in my head was, "My God, <laughs> I am never going to be like this again." Like I thought that I had buried a lot of it, but seeing it was just like, "No, this is too much." Right. This is just right. This is too much. And part of it was kind of like. Yo, I could have ended this argument in the first five minutes of the argument. Right? Well, and I think that was a, I think that was my my biggest issue with it. So one 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 thing I will salute. I mean, shout out to Zendaya. Shout out to uh, what's Denzel Washington's son name again? John David. John 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 David Washington. John David Washington. Thank you, Lauren. Um, shout out to shout out to him. And, and it's crazy because somebody had the perfect breakdown on social media. It said he looks exactly like his mama. But sounds exactly like his father. Like <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Cause like just even the way he speaks, like cadence wise, I'm like, bro, he got his pop's cadence down perfectly. But good, yeah, yep. But good up and coming act. I thought the acting was good. Oh, essentially, you said thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just, I just didn't really understand the premise of just, just some of the like, what was really trying to be highlighted. Like, was it like a learning lesson? Was it? trying to show people maybe what's not healthy versus what, you know, but, um, man, I just felt like I was like, it's two people who have a lot buried that it seems like maybe prior to this night, they've never really, so maybe it shows the importance of communication that they've never really discussed. 
and it's just erupting. But I, I think what was kind of weird to me in a sense was like everybody has arguments, right? My girlfriend and I, we have arguments. Everyone has arguments. But the fact that it's kind of like every time one would stop and they would kind of joke about something, like a whole new thing. That, that was like, do y'all ever like talk at all? Because there's a lot going on in this one movie that was coming out. But um, yeah, I, I guess I just didn't really get it. I didn't get like what was really, what was the viewer really supposed to walk away with you know i didn't and I, I didn't outside of like denzel i mean outside of denzel's son john david washington talking about his issues with the critics or the, the media i didn't necessarily feel like this was a black love movie like this this there are black love movies and we, we we herald them and we know them i didn't necessarily feel this was a black love movie outside of the fact that the two figures were black and he might have had a little black a race struggle with work but the content of the relationship i feel like that could really apply for any relationship, really, you know, I just didn't really get. I don't know. Some of the you said some of the arguments just blew mine, and I think it was just in the terms of like how they would just like end and then loop like back. I was like, yo, this whether you know he on both sides, whether he did it or she did it, it was just I don't know. It was, it was weird to me. I don't know, That's and maybe it's weird to me because it's like I'm not going to win a situation. It's nothing like that, but. You know, overall decent movie. That's that's my take, Lauren. I'm I'm very curious to hear your take on it. <laughs> um. So, it, it's not a black love story. I don't think right. that was the objective. I think it it was just supposed to be a, a I don't even call it a love story. I think it was just supposed to be a story. Right. Um, and so, like, I have this argument with people all the time when, when it comes to black media is that, like, we have to get out of this aspect of, like, our media has to look a certain way mm -hmm. if we want everybody to be to kind of respect our our media right. as is I, right I and so that. like i appreciate the complexity of the story i appreciate the fact that they were both of their asses were flawed and toxic as hell right um i wasn't triggered by any of it but like i've watched it twice and I, first time I watched it, I watched it with like a very critical lens because it was like, okay, let me see what it's saying for. If you know me, I think Zendaya is my little sister in my head. So anything she does, I champion. Um, so I was watching it with a very critical lens and I watched it. I actually watched it three times. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I watched it three you, times. You, you liked it. I, no, I didn't like it, but like, because to me it was so complex and like you, I didn't fully get it. I had to, I wanted to digest it to be able to talk about it, right? Okay. Um, and I think the last time I watched it, when I watched it with Jay, uh, was the time I probably fully got it. And the one thing I said was, I, I have never had any interaction with a man like that. So that was like, and I was like, why is she sitting there? Like oh, that was why is she sitting there? Oh, like yeah, why is she even going? Why why arguments? why are we sitting mm -hmm. there? Like the minute he said, and if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry, it's been a week. Spoiler, uh, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. Right, but like the minute he said, I could break you like a twig. I was like, all right, that's that would have been like though I would have left prior. But that wasn't a physical threat though. He was talking it, about for mentally. me. For me, it still, I, I agree. You know, right, like right, right. for me, it, it right. It, it but didn't, just even at that level of manipulation. That though, level of yeah. manipulation that that was that was being shown because it wasn't John David Washington. It was his character. But right. that level of manipulation, it was like, baby girl, I want you to get up. I want you to leave. It was, it was odd. And man. I want you. Yeah. And I want you to go right. And then like the fact that there was there was visibly 
an intentionally an age difference in a character, right? Like mm-hmm. she was supposed to be right. twenty, right. he was supposed to be either late twenties or early thirties, right? right? And so the visible age difference in the conversation that they was having, right? right? So and like for me, there was a, a role reversal in how society sees we handle emotions. Mm-hmm. That was the thing I saw about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, Marie was very stoic. Mm-hmm. She wasn't very reactional, right? Like she sat mm-hmm. there, That's she she okay. sat there, she listened, right? And and even when she uh, had a rebuttal for something, it wasn't always innate. It was like, let me think about it. Let me let That's me receive it, take. and yeah, then yeah. let me and then let me hold on. And she was like, hold on, da 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 da. Right. Whereas Malcolm, he he had a lot going on. It was yeah. it was it was yeah. it was right. super hyper reactionary, right? right? right. Like because and, and and also kind of need to like throw things. At her, at whether her. it was like his past or her past, or I don't really need she's, you. You she, need she, me. She she stayed very much to the topic at hand for for most part, right? right, right. Like here's my issue. Right. Here's what I here's where the problem is. It jumps off from this. It jumps off from that. But here's where the issue is. And he was like, "Okay, I raised your issue, but I did this because of this." Like he was yeah. all over the place I think with that the emotion. Biggest thing with it. It just I just wondered if they ever even spoke before yeah. because this is kind of like. Your issues aren't even an issue at hand. Like, I'm kind of just very big on, like, anything. Like, what are we talking about? Like, if we talk, like, even if we have, like, a business issue, whatever, whatever. But what what are we talking about? Let's break down the issue that we're talking about, the root of that. And it's just, like, they had so many things that were tied into you know what? other things, you know? No, no, you know what? A lot of it was that she didn't fully break down the issue. I'm not sure if, and now that I'm thinking about it and that you talk about I'm not sure if she knew how to break down the issue fully or if it took all of that to get to the issue. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when you when you think about her talking about the way that um when you think about her talking about the way that he didn't cast her, right? The way that he told her story, the way that like when you when you think about all of that, um you did start realizing maybe she just didn't know how to say all of that from the beginning. And I get it. That's highly irritating because I'm like Trev said, I'm big on I'm big on going, what is the problem? Because if you tell me the problem, then I can fix the problem. Right? So if you'd have told me this problem when I was shooting that you really wanted this role. Look, but at twenty, can you do that? I know. At twenty at twenty, can you do that? And I think that's why the roles they played was so important, right? Because at, not saying everybody can do it in their late 20s or early 30s, but it is more expected of you to be able to have that conversation versus a 20-year-old who had a heavy drug addiction, so her emotions are God knows where, how she processes them, right? Um, it's, she, they come out very different, right? She's a little bit raw, She's, you could tell from, from the, from watching it, she's very raw, right? Which I think were, why it was a conversation. If you notice it was a, it was, it was a, it was a, a toxic and yelling conversation, but it was a conversation. They never spoke over each other. Yeah. They yeah. never, they never, it was never yeah. like, that's they never that's spoke over each other. Yeah, that's true. Right. It was always, this person talks. And when that person talks, maybe there was a moment of silence. Maybe the music played. And then somebody there was a rebuttal, monologue, right? Monologue, right. It was very monologue. much so monologue, right? So yeah, um, I don't, I don't think twenty year olds know how to say. Perhaps. <laughs> 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 
I think all what I could I, I could just appreciate the art of it. Uh, all it was filmed beautifully, beautifully. Excuse beautifully me. Beautifully shot. And honestly, if you think about it, it's two characters. It's two characters. It's Malcolm and Marie. It's that's two it. characters. You know, so that 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 speaks to Zendaya and uh, John David Washington's acting skills for right. them to captivate. Even if like I, I didn't agree, I didn't even understand like the actual content of the script. Yeah. The acting was there. You know, and for them to hold your attention with just two characters for for the duration of the film. And and like I I was having this conversation with somebody else, and I was like. And they were mad that people were critiquing it and like, oh my God, they're being so hard on it. And I was like, black art deserves to be critiqued. For sure. You know, like it deserves to have a space where people have multiple feelings about it. Right. Sure. Because we have multiple feelings about white media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, and especially as our art gets more into the mainstream media. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can't it. tell people, oh, don't critique it because it's black. No, people yeah. people should totally have an opinion about, and it's and it's technically not really black media, it's media featuring black. Featuring black, right. Right, so because Sam Levinson is... We don't even feel like this necessarily was a Right, Sam Levinson is, is a Caucasian man. Right. Um, so, who was the director? But yeah, so you know, like, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Nah, I, I hear you. I enjoyed it for what it was. It, it was. It wasn't bad. It could wasn't never be bad. me. Yeah. <laughs> could never be me. Same. <laughs> could, ne- could never. Could never. Could never. Could never be me. Ever. Agreed. Ever. Sis, I went. I was like, baby, get out of there. <laughs> please, <laughs> please get out of there. Crazy. Wow. Let's 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 flow into something um, that recently came out that definitely ties into the theme of what you were even talking about earlier, Jay. With Black History Month, black and, and and our stories not necessarily being told or being known that well. Uh, this is a movie that we've a lot of us have been looking forward to for quite some time. It's it's been it's been it's been bubbling for quite a little bit, and um, that is Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, right away from the title, um, a lot of us know from whether you you know you're very religious or not who who Judas was mm-hmm. and the role he played being a traitor. Um, and this idea of the Black Messiah, and and who and who the movie focuses on um, is uh, Daniel. I might butcher his last name. Is it Kuliaga? Does anybody know? Okay, I, but it's, it's something. Daniel I'm, Kalua? I'm, Kalua. I'm sorry, brother. Sorry. If I'm butchering. I, but it's it's something of of, the, of of that nature, and uh, I would have to Google right now to, to get it right. But um, brother, that was in Get Out. We've seen him in a couple good things. Um, uh, black Black British Cat and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. He was in our ATL. He was in the photograph with Issa Rae. They're, um, also, they're together in Get Out. Oh yeah, he's in Get Out also. He's the guy who, when he starts having the runny nose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he's in Get. I forgot about that. He's yeah, in Get Out. they were in Get Out together. So uh, he plays uh, William O'Neill, and um, that was a guy that the uh, the, the FBI had used to infiltrate, uh, particularly the Chicago division of the Black Panthers. And, and get some intel on Fred Hampton, what's going on, ultimately use them to, for them to uh, carry out the assassination. So, very, very heavy movie, man. Very heavy movie. Uh, I, I really I really enjoyed that. I, I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would say off the back, one of the lines that stood out me stood out to me early on was when uh, Fred Hampton's character, Daniel Kuliaga, mentioned, um, you know, war is politics with bloodshed. Politics is war without bloodshed, mm-hmm. and I just thought that applies to so many things. Where it's like, man, it's it's a war going on either way. It just depends on what's the medium, what's the method mm-hmm. of how you're trying to 
get to where you're going. And that's all, you know, even talking about history and like a lot of history in our particular history as black people in America, you know, some of it involves a lot of bloodshed. Some of it is, and what people try to mention, you might not see it because it's systemic. It was carried out through political agendas and things of that nature, but it was still, there's still a war taking place to ultimately uh, have a certain um, outcome. And one of the realest parts of that whole movie for me that I really enjoy that even speaks to that. So, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> but a lot of this is, is it's, 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 uh, it's, it was, it's, it's a history. So, it's history. So, you know, if, if you're familiar with the Fred Hampton story, it's not like I'm really exposing anything yeah. that didn't actually happen. But as J. Edgar Hoover, um, who was in charge of the, uh, the FBI for years, uh, particularly during the 60s, um, as he's trying to gather intel on, on Fred Hampton, it's that Fred Hampton was brought up on some uh, trumped up, some fake charges. Uh, he was able to get an appeal. So apparently the state decides that they're going to reverse the, the appeal. So it comes a point where Fred Hampton is going to go back into, um, in, in, into prison custody. So the CIA agent who's doing the, the FBI agent who's, who's, who's been getting a lot of the intel, been using the young brother, William O'Neill's car, um, character to get the in, information. He's like, well, I guess we're good now. You know, he's, he's, he's going back in jail, our problems out the way. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting down and he's basically telling, no, we have to kill him. And at first, the FBI agent tried to understand, like, I mean, you know, if we lock him away, why do we really need to kill him? And basically, J.D. Hoover starts talking about how what prison did to MLK, what prison did to Malcolm, uh, well, actually Malcolm X became a figure, came off prison, but what he did to MLK, what it did for Huey Newton, mm-hmm. you know, and, and basically what he's saying is that, and, and, and this is one thing that I really believe when you see like even a storming of the Capitol, so many different things is that it, it's bigger than just the figure itself. What he said is that think about, think about your door, think about our way of life. And that's what, Black History Month is a threat. That's what black success really is a threat. That's really what it comes down to. It threatens the traditional way of life, of what America was founded on. And what it was truly founded on was the society where, at the end of the day, whiteness is at the top. Yeah, like our laws weren't even created right. with us in mind. So anything that threatens that will go against that whole system. And that's, and that's and what Jay said, I was like... Say what it really is. That's what it is. As you say, he said, it's our way of life. Our good old American value mm-hmm. way of life that we know. And this is why we can't allow black people to integrate into our society or or reach a certain level of prominence. I thought that was just so uh, spot on. I mean, looking back at it, man, Fred Hampton, he passed. He was 21 years old. He think was about, a baby. Think about what we was doing at 19, exactly. 20, 21. Like, what, what were we doing? Um... And the foresight he had at the time, because this was the um, early, the, the roots of what ended up becoming with Jesse Jackson, the Rainbow Coalition. And, you know, I think what made, what made his movement so dangerous, you know, versus like, let's even say Malcolm and the FOI or things of that nature, is that this, what he was, what he was particularly running with was bigger than a black problem. Mm-hmm. He was tied in into everybody, economics. Everybody, yeah. A black yeah. problem with the poor whites mm-hmm. with the uh, Latino demographic, just different, different demographics. So like a poor man's problem, which is why he was such a big threat. That's right. That's exactly what I'm, I'm pushing home to. So, you know, that, that right there is why they was like, you know what, this, this guy has to go. But like for him to even have that foresight for him to, re- you know, realize that he can, 
you know, join allyship with these different groups. You know, you have the scene where they even go to, you know, the, the poor white folks and they have the Confederate flag. And then, you know, the Panthers are like, we trying to get with these guys? Like, you know, but for him to even see that so early, you know, he's 20, 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. It's like, man, the brother was ahead of his time. But, man, great acting, showed a lot. Um, I, I, I truly, I truly enjoyed that movie. The only negative take, I, I will say this, and it was actually my girlfriend that pointed out this to me, pointed this out to me. Not that Lakeith Stanfield didn't do a good job acting, but I didn't realize that in real life, William O'Neill was only 17 years old. They were all of them. And I don't think that was really conveyed well in the movie because not saying that you have more understanding, but I think when I did the research, on, I got to realize that he was legit just a wayward teenager who was in and out of crime and kind of was desperate. And got so, manipulated. Right, and kind of got manipulated and didn't really have the foresight of wokeness of realizing that what he was doing. Kind of just, man, I ain't really trying to go to jail for a while. So he say, do this and I can, okay, cool. Like, and was still a kid for the most part, a troubled kid. Um, I think just the way it was played, he kind of thought he was just a, a man who was trying to get out of jail and didn't really, you know, and um, know better. So I think, and Brooks and I talked about this when we watched it. We talked about both of their characters, meaning the, uh, William O'Neill as well as Fred Hampton being played by older characters. And because they were played by older, older characters, you forget what it's like seeing a young person going through that, right? Like, you see this, if you just saw a 17-year-old being trapped, manipulated by FBI, and you also think about it now, right, where... I think they raised that minimum age, whereas in New York before it was you 16, you treated like a man. Mm-hmm. And they had to raise that to say, no, these are still babies. You like, give them at least 18. Right? And it's, 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 it's crazy that you got to be 21 to drink, but you can be 18 and get sentenced to death. Yep. Right? So, so you, you, you always, you, I think that was my biggest thing. Like, I was upset and pissed off with William O'Neill watching it. But then I was like, he was you know, a kid. He was, 17, he 18, was a kid. Nineteen, going through this, right? And I, I don't forgive him for it, but I understand that. Damn, he's a fucking child. And I think of Fred Hampton, and I'm even more amazed at what he was doing and the foresight he had as a child. Because remember, he gets thrown into leadership because they locked up a bunch of other older Black Panthers. So not only is he thrown into leadership. For Black Panthers that got the spotlight, he's also in the middle of Chicago. And if you don't know the politics of Chicago, Chicago has been organized everything forever. Like one <laughs> of the reasons why gangs in Chicago have been so long lasting is because they had learned no, but Chicago gangs directly learned their organizations from mobs. So every time people try to eliminate Chicago gangs, they pop back up. Because they're built just like the mobs, right? Like, you also get a lot of unions in Chicago built just like the mobs. So you had this mentality of survival and organization and structure that's just dangerous. And you put this kid who was probably like 19, 20 and said, yo, Black Panther Party, that's suffering, but it's the biggest voice for black people right now you're in charge of. What you think is going to happen? I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I think the only person they did that right with was the young lady, Dominique Fishback, who played his partner. Yes. Brooklyn native. Shout out to her. Oh, shout out. Um, 
Yeah, you know, she's the only one who looked like she was age appropriate on screen. And I think it's, a, I think, and we had this conversation. Um, I get so frustrated when they talk about history during that time because the imagery was shown from it, how it's talked about. They make it seem like it was ages ago, right? From even how they show us pictures. Everything is in black and white, like color photos and, and media didn't exist. Um, and so like Trevin, you said, just seeing these grown ass 30, 40 year old men on screen playing 21 and 17 year olds is like powerful performance. You did your thing, even though I think Lakeith Stanfield plays the same character in every film besides <laughs> the photograph. Um, did amazing things, but I'm looking at you thinking you're an adult. Absolutely. I'm looking at you thinking you're a whole adult. Making an adult decision. Making adult decision. Nowhere on screen did I read uh, Lakeith Stanfield character is a, is supposed to be starting at a, as a 17 year old. Actually, my, they don't know if he was 17 or they don't know if he was actually 16 turning 17. Because that would have hit a little different when you're sitting in a in a a, a, a room with a cop with your with your stomach bleeding and them talking like that would have hit a little different if you had a baby face. Because you'd be like, this is a child. This is a child. Right? I think about when they see us. They were very intentional with, with making, when they were kids, making sure we saw them as kids versus when they were adults and they were handling situations as an adult or dealing with situations, I should say, as an adult, that they were adults. Right? We, we, that, when they see us resonated so much with us because we were able to see like, oh my God, these are babies. I'm looking at the screen like, oh, this is a whole adult. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's true. And I, because I watched it, I'm like, yo, this is good. Like, this hits because it's terrible. But part of it was like, it's not hitting the way it was. And I remember watching it, and I remember telling you, I was like, there was a panther that they killed as a child. Like, as a child. And child. I was like, and I was like, it was a, I was like, which one was it? Which one was it? And then I, I was like, oh, it, it was him. Panther. It was but him. But the reason I didn't feel that was because he looks like, you know, he, he looks like he's in his 30s. Right? Like, if you had somebody who was a child experiencing love, and I think one of the biggest things that really hit home to me in the movie was when his, his, his girlfriend told him, I'm afraid about bringing a child into this world. And he was like, when I love something, I love it with all. Like, I love a cause, and I love it with everything. You know, like... Sounds familiar. <laughs> Yeah, a little, little, little mirror being held. Sounds up. familiar. But, you know, it was it was one of those where I was like, damn, I relate. It's powerful. But now that I go back and think, like, this is a 21-year-old kid. Right? Like, that's going through. It's like, when I think about most 21-year-olds should be juniors in college. Your junior year of college, you're expected to just start declaring your major, deciding things that you want to do. Right, and you have this entire movement you're responsible for, right? With everybody. And and that season in Chicago was very intense because while Fred Hampton is, is literally uniting Chicago, right? Gangs, uh, other orgs, right? For a larger cause, for a collective cause, not a larger cause, for a collective cause, you have a whole trial happening, mm-hmm. right? You have a whole trial happening. With a Black Panther, 
on on trial, right? That Fred was sitting, like not shown in the movie, but Fred was sitting active for, right? Supporting his people. There was so much happening in Chicago, in the world. The Vietnam War was happening, right? So like, we're talking about civil rights. We're talking about economics. We're talking about young men getting drafted and sent off to war, right? We're talk- There's so much happening in this time. And this 21-year-old man is literally holding a big part of the world, on his shoulders. On his shoulders. And you also think about the difference between Martin, Martin Luther King, Dr. King came from middle-aged family that, that did all of this, right? Um, he had a fraternity, he had other fraternities, he had people that backed him and people that watched him and stood up for him. You look at, then you compare it mm-hmm. to where Fred Hampton was and having that same kind of pressure of FBI, police. He had that, right? Like, one of the things people know about Dr. King is that the people he had around him, Reverend Ralph Abernathy, right? You had um, Hosea, Hosea, I can't think of his name, but he's a Sigma. You have Reverend Jesse Jackson, right? And then we even pick up with other leaders, right? Like, their, their churches and they ain't have that, and which is why I'm even more fascinated at them being able to say, All right, I'm going to stand up and fight for this, right? I'm going to take this responsibility on my shoulders and keep moving the question. I think that's dope. You know, um, you know I, I loved it, but you know me. I always have difficulty watching movies like that. Like, I need to watch. I'll watch it, and I'll watch it all the way through, but then I need to watch, like, Cinderella afterwards just to, like, ease my mind and, like, you know... <laughs> not have to sit in that trauma because that's trauma right like reliving those reliving those memories and and having to engage in that conversation even though we're still kind of engaging in that conversation today it's still a form of of trauma um but yeah like i said my biggest my biggest takeaway is that that those were babies leading a massive 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 movement and the manipulation, <laughs> the manipulation that the FBI and freaking Hoover, who... Like, why hasn't, why hasn't there been some kind of, like, removal of Hoover for some of the shit that he's done? Meaning in terms of, like, the removal of his name... You mean America taking shit? accountability for oh. something they did wrong? You mean because we started pulling down statues? No, a lot of that was other white people pulling down statues for black folks, which I appreciate them for, right? But when you talk about them pulling down the names of, even if they want to just, you know, do it the right way, just pull the name. I think the FBI building's name, not the Hoover. It is. Right? Like, you talk about some of the injustices he did to black people. Right, like, granted, I, I know that he did a lot for the FBI, building them up to what they've become, and that's amazing. It does not excuse His you behavior. perpetrating a false narrative of black people that end up costing them their lives, everything, right? So, 